What's going on, everybody? This is Tom Sweezy here, episode 60 of the MLS Aces podcast. You may notice it's a little bit quieter on the other end because, uh, said, we don't have Mr. Riley McManus here. Riley will not be joining us this episode, but he'll be back next episode, and he'll be back talking about some long speech about something important. Well, I'm just going to sit here and try to be funny, which I'm not. But, guys... Before we get this thing going, I do want to have a few personal notes about the show, about MLS Aces, about what we do, since I feel like we don't uh, publicize it enough. First of all, this thing started all with a sports blog, you know, blogging, boo, everyone has a blog, everyone does it, it's cool. Not at all, but um, I do run a sports blog, I do write one every week, I do a team of the week, I do uh, monthly power rankings, I do interesting uh, pieces I can write here and there when life isn't swamping me or grad school isn't swamping me or whatever. So go check that out. Wait, I usually tweet out a link to it. I usually um, post on Instagram a link to it. So we are there on sportsblog.com. You can go find us there. Uh, what else? Social media, like I said, Instagram, we're MLS underscore Aces. Twitter, we're at MLS Aces. Just search MLS Aces podcast, whatever. And then, obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you know about the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, I stopped with the SoundCloud because that just got annoying, but we're on everything else you can probably think of. We're on the All In Sports uh, radio network, so go download the All In Sports app from whatever app store, whatever store you have on your phone or any mobile device, whatever, and you can listen to that 24-7. That is American-made soccer content 24-7 playing. And uh, we're on there. <clears throat> the Total Soccer Show is on there. A bunch of great, great American podcast, uh, American-made podcasts are on there. So go check that out. And um, one last quick little note that I guess I have is that this episode is sponsored by someone, and it is sponsored by your friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, playing a night out with friends, or you need to find a perfect gift for that family member, that significant other, whoever. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like uh, being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And that's what it's all about, guys. It's all about that great value. I'm still in grad school. I'm still in school not making that much money, so it's all about that value to go see some MLS games for a good, good price. Um, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It is by far the easiest way I've ever uh, found or I've ever used in my entire life to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats to any sporting event I want to go to. I actually just use SeatGeek to buy tickets to the New York Derby this upcoming week. New York is blue. Uh, so let's go city. Don't make me regret saying those words in the middle of this uh, ad. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek creates every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And if you guys are listening to this, if you guys, you probably know this already, but we're going to say it again. Our listeners are here at the MLS Aces podcast. We get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the app, enter promo code ACES, A-C-E-S, today. 
That's promo code ACES for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's, you know, that's a, that's a beer too. That's a, you know, it's, that's some food for your girlfriend or boyfriend out there. So go ahead, go do that, go enjoy some games. This is going to be a short episode, like I said, no Riley, just me. And you guys probably really don't want to hear me talk that much just by myself. So, let's start things off. We saw a sad result, a sad, sad result of the CONCACAF Champions League this past week. TFC lost to Chivas, Guadalajara on penalty kicks. 3-3 um, three, three aggregate, 4-2 on penalty kicks. Uh, it, you know, it sucks. It sucks that the team... That TFC, I think, was clearly the better team over Chivas, Guadalajara. But they had to make a comeback from a really shitty first leg that they played. And it hurt them in the end. You had a few more chances close at the end of the game to seal it up. Like, that Marky Delgado missed the goal right at the end. Really, really hurt watching as an MLS fan wanting MLS to win this competition. And then, obviously, the Michael Bradley skyrocket of a penalty kick that, you know, we needed to... Well, not we needed. Toronto needed to uh, to stay in the in the penalty kick shootout, but just a re- really shitty result, really shitty feeling at the end of that. You know, no. As an MLS fan, you really wanted to see an MLS team win that, no matter what team it is. Maybe if you're Montreal, you want to see Chivas Guadalajara win. But um, I'm gonna quickly just recap what the MLS teams did this year in the Concacaf Champions League, just because I feel like this year was so special because we saw a lot of great play and a lot of great competition come from um, MLS squads this year. So first, we had the Colorado Rapids. Uh, Yeah, Colorado was in the Champions League, if you guys remember. They lost to TSC in the round of 16-0 on aggregate. Um, It was just interesting for Colorado, I think, to be in this tournament, just because they aren't that good of a team in the past few years, and the way the MLS scheduling works out, that's just how it is. Uh, it was just—it was our first experience and our first look at Anthony Hudson's brand new Colorado Rapids team and and what we were going to see from them. And it, it wasn't great, to be completely honest. They didn't play awful in the second leg against Toronto, but losing two nothing, uh, it, it hurts. And you know they got eliminated early and focused right on league play, which they aren't doing too great. And anyway, uh, next team FC Dallas. Again, yes, FC Dallas was in the CCL. They lost to Toro FC in the round of 16. Um, this was probably the real. This was the first MLS um, loss in this competition that really hurt because I think Dallas was a much better team than Toro FC. They uh, lost on a 3-3 tie on aggregate. They lost on away goals, however, because Toro FC uh, shut them out at home and then put away two goals. At Dallas, and it was just a bad result there. Um, I think the key player here was Mosquera for FC Dallas. He, you know, had some misses, but he had some opportunities. He created some really good chances, and um, I think FC Dallas had a better showing than Colorado. But both these teams really, really kind of, you know, shit the bed in this competition. Let's move on to the. Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders, if you guys remember, they lost to Chivas Guadalajara 3-1 on aggregate in the semifinals after being up 1-0 in that first leg against Chivas, and everyone kind of thought maybe Seattle will pull it, will, will pull this off, and we'll see Seattle, Red Bulls, to, uh, Toronto FC all in that next stage of the CCL, but sadly they couldn't. Uh, they did defeat Santa Tecla in the round of 16 on a 5-2 aggregate, Dempsey Ladero pretty much 
created all their chances, did a lot there for them, but couldn't get past Chivas. And in this competition, they lost Jordan Morris. So the CCL was not friendly, was not not friendly to uh, the Seattle Sounders. So rough going there for them, I do have to say. Um, now let's move on to the final two teams. I think the two teams that really represented Major League Soccer well this year in 2018. And, um, and I think that... I think that this is a true representation of their form. I do want to say that. Uh, the New York Red Bulls, they lost to Chivas Guadalajara, again, and Chivas knocking out another MLS team in the semifinals on a one nothing aggregate. That hurts, a one nothing aggregate. Um, to start off the competition, the Red Bulls beat Olympia in the round of 16 on a 3-1 aggregate. Bradley Wright Phillips had a goal and an assist out of those three goals in total. Um, then they went on to beat Tijuana, uh, sorry, not Tijuana. I learned from the uh, the Cooligans this week. It's Tijuana um, on a 5-1 <laughs> aggregate. And uh, that was in the quarterfinals. And of the five goals, Bradley Wright Phillips had two goals and three assists. So, again, Bradley Wright Phillips playing out of his mind in this competition. Luis Robles was uh, standing on his head in net, saving goals left and right to keep the Red Bulls in this uh, competition. And then they would go on in the semis to lose the Chivas, like I said, the Red Bulls, over the two-game series, had 25 shots on target, and Chivas had 7. So that shows you that it was a one nothing aggregate. The Red Bulls had 25 shots and couldn't convert any of them. Um, I think what it comes down to, what people were saying, and what I, I, I partially agree with, is a lot of the blame goes on Jesse Marsh. He didn't really give a lot of playing time to Kaku. Um, who, you know, was their prize signing, their, their Sasha Kleschen replacement. Um, so it's weird that you spend all this money on a guy and you don't play him in probably the most important game up until that point. Or, you know, he only got a few minutes at the second, at the end of the second leg. So that and, um, Raskowski, the, the uh, European signing they made, he didn't get any playing time in either of the legs against Chivas. So it, it's, they give... Marsh gave the likes to Florian Velo and Derek Etienne Jr. Um, some playing time, and Etienne Jr. had an outstanding second leg. But you know, if, if Kaku is who we 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 know, or, or if Kaku is who the Red Bulls think he is, why isn't he playing? If Razkowski has all this European experience, why isn't he playing? Um, and also, Tyler Adams had a poor pass in the first leg that really allowed Chivas to 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 get a nice breakaway, to get that goal, and that was in, that was eventually going to be the deciding goal in the series. But um, the Red Bulls had a really great run, you know, beating Tijuana, um, phenomenal. And, uh, I mean, Olympia, I think the Red Bulls had that aggregate locked down from the beginning, but nothing's guaranteed in CCL play, nothing's guaranteed in CONCACAF play, and we all know that. So um, I think the Red Bulls had a great run, a great representation, and could have made it to the finals against Toronto FC. Sadly, it wasn't, and um, let's move on to the final team, Toronto FC. I've said it, you know, over and over again. TFC, the treble winners from last year, trying to make it a quad with uh, the CCL championship, but sadly just, just fall short. Um, in the round of 16, they, like I said, they beat Colorado 2-0. Jonathan Azorio had a goal, Giovinco had a goal and assist. Um, in the quarterfinals, they go up against Tigres, you know, Mexican powerhouse. They tie 4-4 on aggregate, but would move on on away goals. Azorio, had another, Azorio, again, had a goal. He had a great competition. 
overall. Giovinco had a goal and an assist in this um, aggregate as well. Then they would move on to the semifinals where they would beat Club America. Um, again, another Mexican powerhouse. They would move on the aggregate 4-2 there. Again, Azorio had a goal. Giovinco had a goal and an assist. You're going to realize those two names really carry TFC in this tournament. And then, I said it earlier, but in the finals they lost. Um, they tied on aggregate 3-3, went into penalty kicks because there's no uh, stoppage time for CCL play. And um, they lost 4-2 on penalty kicks. Giovinco had a goal in this game, but then... Uh, TFC had four penalty kick takers, and Giovinco, of course, put his away. He's confident. He's Sebastian Giovinco. He's the best player in North America. I, I honestly believe that. So he's going to do that. Marky Delgado put away his. But then we saw Jonathan Azorio, a guy who really dominated this competition for TFC. He uh, hit the crossbar, and that's just the way the ball the ball bounces, and it really sucks, and it sucks for Jonathan Azorio. You can tell in his face how how much that crushed him seeing that go off the crossbar. And then, again, I mentioned this earlier, but the captain, Michael Bradley, just completely skyrocketing a ball when they need him to score to stay in the penalty kick competition. And, and you know, Michael Bradley just... He, he, he gets shit on a lot, and maybe some of it is deserving, but this is going to be another reason why people hold bad Michael Bradley play against him because he does, because he does fall short in some big moments. And... You know, that is what it is. Now, that was the CCL. I'm going to take a really quick break to get some water because my throat is dying, being the only person talking up here. So I'll be back in a few minutes, probably a few seconds for you guys. It'll be instant for you guys. But I'll be back, and we're going to talk some MLS action. And we are back. We are talking about MLS Week 9. It was an exciting Week 9. And while I was away getting my water... Um, I did realize this is some uh, real OG-type MLS Aces podcast. If you guys listened to, like, the first three episodes, I think, this was just me talking into a mic. still feels really fucking weird, not gonna lie. Um, I really I miss talking to someone on the other side, and sadly couldn't get anyone to uh, <coughs> talk on the other side of this mic with me today. So, Riley, I'm missing you. I know you listen to this, bud, so uh, I miss you. Um, let's talk Week 9 in MLS, though. It was an exciting Week 9. The week started off with Vancouver Whitecaps, Real Salt Lake, and uh, just b- before I get into this, I'm not going to break down the games that we normally do, how Riley and I normally do it, like, I'm not going to be like, this is what happened, boom, 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 I'm just going to say the scoreline, I'm going to say who really impressed me, what I thought, and kind of move on. Like I said, guys, this is going to be a very, very short episode compared to our normal, like, hour episodes, this is probably going to be, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, you know, uh, nothing crazy, but... Vancouver 2, RSL 0, another win for Vancouver, another loss for RSL. It seems to be how the season is going. We saw a Christian Chatera penalty kick and an Anthony Blondell goal, but that really wasn't the, the main things I got out of this game. Blondell did look good, and I think that's what they expected him to be when they signed him this offseason. But Alfonso Davies... When he steps onto the field for the Whitecaps, he is easily the best player on the field for them. He steps in, he makes physical attempts to, to get the ball back, he is faster than 95% of the people in most of the games he plays in, and he absolutely blew by the entire RSL defense to get an easy, easy ball to Anthony Blondell, and Blondell finished it for his first goal as a Vancouver Whitecap. <clears throat> and then just one of the funny 
moments I got away out of this game was Breck Shea missing a clear sitter in front of the net over Nick Romando, not even looking his direction. This is the com- biggest, biggest Breck Shea moment of Breck Shea's life, missing an open sitter. And it is... Ah, Breck Shea, you're a national treasure, my friend. Let's move on. Atlanta United 4, Montreal Impact 1. Atlanta, very good. Montreal, very, very bad. And I know I've said differently on this podcast before, but Montreal really seems to be going down the shitter fast. Um, the lone goal for Montreal was from Saphir Titer. Um, nice header. Very nice goal, I think. But it was early on. Atlanta still wasn't mentally in the game yet, I guess, at that point. Um, Miguel Almoron had himself a, a, a brace with a penalty kick and then an assist off of a Joseph Martinez back heel. I thought it was a very nice goal there. But I think the big talking point of this game is Kevin Kratz, the German midfielder, put away a beautiful, beautiful free kick to give Atlanta the lead. And then later on in the game, to be the final goal, the fourth goal for Atlanta, Kevin Kratz puts away another, another beautiful free kick. I, I, why haven't Atlanta United been utilizing these free kicks? Because then they post on Twitter... If, day later, a day after the game, Kevin Kratz is doing it again in training. Like, if he's this good and this reliable and this consistent in doing it, why hasn't he been doing it every single time? <laughs> like, come on, Atlanta. I know you have a stacked midfield with Barco, Almiron, Nagby, uh, <clears throat> Laurentowitz playing the number six because you don't have a true number six. But, like, get that guy out there from taking free kicks. I would love to see way more Kevin Kratz uh, free kicks from pretty, pretty decently far out. Um, let's move on. We talked about them a little bit before, but TFC played a MLS League match game, uh, which they probably are like, what, we have to do this? But yeah, TFC 2, Chicago Fire 2. Jonathan Azorio scored another goal like he did in the CCL, assisted by Givinko and Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez would then go on to put away a pretty nice goal for himself. First touch right off his boot. Right past uh, Richard uh, Richard Sanchez. Bradley assisted on that one. Then, after Bastian Schweinsteiger missed the penalty kick, he would go on, head a ball home off of a corner, and uh, bring one back for the Chicago Fire, make it 2-1, and then the most Major League Soccer thing of all, all time, Alan Gordon, Aloe, Mr. Gordon, we see him... We saw him do it for the Colorado Rapids. We saw him do it for the LA Galaxy. Coming up late in the game, coming off the bench, scoring the game-tying goal to save a point for the fire against TFC, assisted by Bashman Schweinsteiger. Fantastic, and this is why I love watching the league, because you can just count on it. You can count on Alan Gordon, no matter if he's 50, 55, no matter if he's 25, 35, 45, however old he is. He's going to come on in the 80th minute plus, and he's going to get you a game winner, a game tire, whatever you need from him, that is Alan Gordon. But on the uh, on the TFC side of things, I really think that it, it, you're coming off of a CCL championship hangover. They are a much better team than the Fire. We saw what they were doing against Mexican competition. We saw what they did against Chivas. We saw what they did against Club America. We saw what they did against um, Tigres. They're by far the best team in Major League Soccer, and there's no challenging that. But I think you're coming off of a game where 
<coughs> Sorry about that. You come off a game where you should have really had the win against Chivas. You should have been going to the Club World Cup. You should have been doing all this stuff. And now you're coming back down to league play, and they kind of have to change their momentum, change their mental awareness of the game. So I think that TFC is going to get back on track. It's another point for them. They're, I think, bottom of the table in the league. But TFC will be back. TFC will get their stuff together. I don't know if it's going to be a Supporter Shield run now with how many points they've dropped. I don't know if it's going to be uh, a top three seeding in the East, maybe even, which may make an interesting playoff competition by the time comes. But we'll see. Um, let's move on. Philly, D.C. Philly defeated D.C. United 3-2. to Um... Zoltan Stiber had a fantastic game. He had himself a brace in this one. The opening goal, he had a beautiful, beautiful run that just set up an easy goal to start this game off one nothing for D.C. But then <clears throat> the pretty decent midfield showing for the Philadelphia Union of El Sino, um, Medunjanin, Bedoya, Dokal just came alive. El Sino had a goal. Um, Bedoya set up an assist for C.J. Sapang which made it uh, 2-1 at the time. Darren Maddox, Darren Maddox gets one back gets one back late, and Ben Olsen was, you know, pumped up on the sideline. It's interesting seeing Ben Olsen show an emotion other than him, like, chewing on his fingernails. And then um, Dokal with the gate with the late, late game winner. He scores that goal, turns to the crowd, big dick swinging, fucking just staring down the crowd, and I loved it. I love that type of energy. I love that type of celebration, just... I just did that shit type of feeling, and uh, Philly came away with one there, 3-2. Uh, let's move on. We have Columbus Crew, San Jose, two teams, I think, in very opposite directions, the very opposite talent um, levels, and the Crew won 2-1. Two to one. And um, we had Harrison Awful with a opening goal to this game set up by Federico Higuain. Harrison Awful, very, very, very underrated. Uh, right back defender in this league, very good defender, and can push up into the attack and do well. Greg Burhalter and um, the rest of that coaching staff does a great job in setting up the fullbacks for having success in in, in the game and in their system. And with the, such a small market the Columbus crew have, it's so interesting. And I don't think Greg Burhalter gets enough credit for what great of a job he does. Um, so, Awful scores the goal, Danny Hosen comes back with the header to tie things up 1-1, I think that was just a very poor, quick lapse in judgment from the crew defense, and then Grelladino, Mike Grella, coming over from the Red Bulls, moved around a little bit this offseason, finally sticks with the crew, back healthy, scores a goal assisted by Pedro Santos, and Mike Grella is like an Alan Gordon type uh, situation for me. Fantastic, fantastic when he's playing and he's scoring goals because it is the most MLS thing ever. Mike Rella, game winner in this one. I can't believe I'm saying that in 2018, but God, am I happy saying that. Uh, let's move on to, I think, the most interesting game of the weekend, to be completely honest, and that was New England Sporting Kansas City, and did I not think I was going to be saying that to uh, start the year? New England won this game one nothing over SKC. Uh, Teal Bunbury had the lone goal in this one, which was a completely BS offsides goal, if I do say so myself. Um, I think it was clearly Teal Bunbury offsides, and that's why the entire SKC backline stopped running, which you shouldn't do. You should probably wait till the whistle and uh, 
wait for the ref to be like, yeah, it's offsides, and Tim Melia stopped trying as well. But Bunbury, at the end of the day, gets accredited with the goal, and New England gets accredited three points while Sporting Kansas City dropped three points. And uh, I, I don't know. Is Bob Kraft FC really that good? Are they are they good enough to be sitting top of in, like not top of the East, but in one of the top spots in the East? I don't know, and I know I've been saying it for a few episodes now, but like I'm starting to actually get worried that I think the Revs will be in a playoff spot to start. Uh, I mean to end the season, and I don't know. Bob Kraft FC, you guys are doing a good job I, I, to start the season. Andrew Farrell's looking good. Sahibo's looking good. Um, Diego Fagundes is actually producing and playing well in that number 10 role. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes on for the Revs as the season progresses uh, past, you know, past week nine. So let's just remember that. Um, The next game we have Minnesota United, Houston Dynamo. Minnesota United defeated the Dynamo 2-1, which very odd because in this game, if you watched, Houston was the much, much better side in this one, but ends up getting the loss. Um... Albert Elise gets the opening goal in this one, assisted by Ramel Quioto, and it is a fantastic thing for the Houston Dynamo that they have Quioto, Elise, Tomas Martinez, and uh, Mauro Minotas all healthy, all playing together finally, because they need the four of those guys to gel and gel quickly for that attack to be dangerous and for the Dynamo to be back in a situation that they were in last year. But um, to get back to the game... Darwin Quintero puts away a penalty kick for Minnesota to tie things up 1-1. And then late in this one, Ibsen, assisted by Miguel Ibarra, puts in a backheel goal past uh, Tyler Derrick. Not Tyler Derrick. Whoever the goalkeeper is, I can't think. Chris Seitz, thank you. Um, Chris Seitz for Houston. And Minnesota steals this 1-2-1 off of a very not-so-stellar performance, but Darwin Quintero... Really has been a phenomenal player since coming over from Club America, and um, Minnesota got three points here. That's all. That's all you got to say about it. Is Houston dropped it? <laughs> um, next game, LA Galaxy. They lost to the New York Red Bulls two to three, which, and again, a very questionable, questionable loss here. But Daniel Royer got the opening goal in this one, assisted by Bradley Wright Phillips and Kaku. Um, then Florian Velo, he said his name before in the CCL competition, but he got the second goal, assisted by Bradley Wright Phillips and Kaku again, so that is two assists for Bradley Wright Phillips, two assists for Kaku, and that is a 2-0 opening scoreline for the Red Bulls. Uh, then we had Ola Kamara, him getting a goal, him getting back on the score sheet for the Galaxy to make things 2-1 Red Bulls over, uh, Galaxy at that point, at that moment. Giovanni Dos Santos, yes, that Giovanni Dos Santos may be the most overrated designated player, most inconsistent designated player in league history at this point. Giovanni Dos Santos gets a goal assisted by Zlatan, and um, things are tied 2-2. Then this is where the controversy gets in a red card being called in the box for the uh, New York Red Bulls. Not a red card. A penalty gets called in the box for the New York Red Bulls. A uh, penalty kick is set up for the Red Bulls. Kaku converts it, and the Red Bulls steal uh, three points here, 3-2 Red Bulls. I truly don't believe that that was a penalty. If you go back and watch the highlights of that game, I do not think that was a penalty. But Kaku comes away with a goal, two assists. Bradley Redfield comes away with two assists. Zlatan had two assists in this game himself. 
But at the end of it, the Red Bulls get the points, and the Galaxy get to go home angry. Uh, three more games left of this week in um, Week 9. Orlando City, Soccer Club 2, Colorado Rapids 1. Riley should be very, very happy, and he was tweeting how he's not too confident if the Orlando City is a good team. And I do want to say, and I'll go on record, that I think Orlando City is a good team with how they've been playing. This win streak that they've been having has been unbelievable. But in this one, Dominic Baji had the early go-ahead goal. Um, Christian Aguita put away a goal to tie things up 1-1. And then a late penalty kick gave Orlando City the win as Yoshi stepped up to the spot, put away a penalty kick 2-1. That's how things are going to go there. Orlando City keeps on winning. Um, and my only note here for Colorado and for Colorado fans who may be listening, uh, Shkelzingashi, when he is on the field and when he is healthy for the Rapids, the Rapids are not a good team, and I'm sorry to say that, but when he's on the field for the Rapids, he adds something completely different to this team that makes them a little bit more challenging to face. The same thing, like my same opinion I have for uh, Vaco and San Jose. San Jose is not a good team, but when Vaco's playing and he's healthy and he's on his game, that makes San Jose a little bit more challenging to deal with because you have such a talented player kind of, you know, making things going and making other people around him better, as much as much better as you, he can make them, you know? Um, so we just talked about Riley's favorite team. Let's jump on to my favorite team, New York City FC3, FC Dallas 1 New York City staying atop in the East with another win here. Um, <coughs> Jesus Medina, he had the opening goal in this one. And then uh, Mosquera, we talked about him a little bit before in the CCL with Dallas. He tied things up 1-1. Then a David Villa penalty kick would bring New York City up 2-1 in this one. And then a few minutes later, David Villa was shown a yellow. You know, ref, I think it was a BS call. Maybe I'm saying that a little bit biased as a New York City fan. But ref shows via yellow. Via gets up 30 seconds later. Blows by everyone. Pulls a David via. Puts away. Converts a goal. 3-1. New York City comes out with three points at home. Um, just fantastic. When via was out for City, I really thought that we are going to be fine. Like, we have um, Tajore. We have... Um, Jesus Medina, Maxi Morales, we have these guys, we don't need David Villa to be a good team, but then David Villa steps onto the field and does what he does, and it's like, ah, shit, yeah, we're that much better with David Villa playing, so, David Villa, thank you, thank you for coming to New York City, because we love you over here on the East Coast, well, at least the blue side of New York loves you on the East Coast, um, the final game, final game of this, uh, this week, week nine, LAFC Seattle, LAFC's opening game in their brand new stadium over there. Uh, beautiful, beautiful stadium. If you haven't seen this game or you haven't seen some of the pictures or videos posted, go check that out because this is the trend that we're going to start seeing in U.S. soccer, these beautiful soccer-specific stadiums being built. And Atlanta has, I mean, Atlanta's isn't soccer-specific, but Atlanta has a beautiful stadium. D.C. is getting a beautiful stadium. LAFC has this gorgeous stadium, Orlando City. New York City should be getting one. Please, hopefully, get one soon. But uh, great, great opening day. Will Ferrell announcing the lineups on um, on Fox Sports. Great opening uh, day there for that stadium. And even better, LAFC got three points out of it, defeating the Seattle Sounders one nothing. Um, this was a very tight game, a very good defensive game. Some big moments potentially. Clint Dempsey missing some goals. You know, 
very closely. Carlos Vela having a great game on the field. Stephen Fry was fantastic. Tyler Miller was fantastic. And I know I said Stephen Fry was fantastic. Made some big-time saves and showed why he's a top goalkeeper in Major League Soccer until about 90-plus-3, where Laurent Chiman took a free kick, hit him Fry right in the hands. Literally hit him in the hands, could have brought the ball right into his chest, laid on it, whistle would have been blown. 0-0 would have been just one point for both teams. But instead, hits Fry in the hands, he goes to bring it down, rolls out of his hands into the back of the net. Chimon freaks out, LAFC fans freak out, everyone's freaking out, and <coughs> LAFC comes away with a one nothing win. They come away with a one nothing win, they come away with three points, and a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic opening day, and, um, I mean, that was week nine in Major League Soccer. It was a great, great week. I thought this matched, um, week one opening week with, uh, the amount of excitement and the amount of talent on the field for all these teams, all these games. Uh, that's really it, guys. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram. Check us, check the sportsblog.com out and search us in the search bar. We get a, we get a bunch of, um, page views there, and I hope you guys enjoy my writing of Teams of the Week, Power Rankings, and any other article I can write up and post at the time. Um, we have... Stickers potentially coming out. MLS Aces podcast stickers. If you guys write us a five-star review on whatever type of format you're listening to us on, and you screenshot it and send it into us over Twitter, Instagram, whatever, DM, I don't care what it is, you'll be in the running for a free MLS Aces podcast sticker. So do that if you're interested. Subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to us. Go follow us on whatever social media platform, whatever you want to listen to us on, because it really does help us in the end, getting our um, ratings up, getting our subscriptions up, and the more we get that up, the more we can help you guys and produce better, better content. I want to thank you guys for listening to the short episode. Hopefully, Riley will be back next week, and I hope you guys enjoy your day.